From the motherfucking ashes, I'm Dan Naki Dan. And I am the homie Romy. How art thou? What's happening? Oh, you know, just out here at the Manny Fest, um, doing a doing an event with fellow truth seekers. Um, didn't know what to expect coming out here, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's been really fucking great, and I'm absolutely uh, happy to be here. And um, and yeah, man, how about you? How how are you? How's your uh, bubbly atmosphere? That's awesome, man. I'm jealous. Uh, it's great. I'm just <laughs> sitting inside in my lame house and, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what's 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 going on out there? How's well, it going? Who are you meeting? Who are you talking to? What what's uh give us the four one one? Okay, so um I came out here because of Matt Landman, who is a great researcher on geoengineering, also a fellow documentarian. And he is um super, super well versed um and uh, the geoengineering and the fluoride research and chemical imbalance and EMS and a bunch of stuff. And that was last night, and then uh, uh, I've met other podcasters and I'm standing next to this beautiful human here. His name is James. Um, what's your last name, sir? James Pesta. And he um, is a man of many trades. He's a programmer, a, a website builder, a 
astrologist, a body worker, an energy reader. He's he's a lot of great things. We've had Ooh. great conversations, and I have been trying avidly to find a place to do this intro with you. And I just figured instead of just you know jogging off some random facts and random crap about plants why don't i bring in a human that can just uh blow our minds with some sweet knowledge like he did earlier <laughs> excellent man love love that shit so what you got for us man yeah. oh well i mean i came here to kind of present on the sky and one thing that i really enjoy is the archetypes that play through humanity and I think that's such an ancient wisdom that we have forgotten to learn to explore within ourselves and really dive deep into not only the, the shadow, but also the light. So I'm trying to come here and bring some information to people about like, hey, what's your, what's kind of like going on in your chart? What are your gifts? What are your weaknesses? What are you here to learn as a human? What are you here to learn as a soul? And those things are very different because... You know, the soul is something that needs to have a human experience in order for it to know itself. And mm. the human experience needs to have a soul in order for it to work. And then we can go into all sorts of different topics of like, you know, um, are, are some of the ancient traditions, did they create um, things called golems, which were soulless beings? And like, you know, we see that mm -hmm. happening in this world right now. So, um, you know, it, it depends on where you want to go with that. There's so many things you can talk about with archetypes in the living sky. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, tulpas and egregores. And uh, we recently talked to um, Navier from A Wandering Witch podcast, and she does astrology too. I'm going to ask you the same question, though, because they say we're going through a great awakening in a new age and we're entering the age of Aquarius. But in uh, the Tartaria stuff, the the flamenco, he says are missing a thousand years, which would mean we wouldn't be entering entering the age of Aquarius. Uh, when you do uh, readings and stuff, when where do you like where where do you see the sun rising at? What constellation is the sun rising in? Well, I have some astrology software, which of course would have to use my own computer to show that and fast forward it. We're still, the sun is still technically rising in the sign of, um, in Pisces. Pisces. Uh, and that from, from the standpoint that I have been taught that we're still going to be doing it for the next 72 years. We're at the very last degree, or actually oh, it's the very 72 first degree in Pisces, um, which, okay. which is something very critical. Um, anything in astrology, when it comes to 29 degrees or zero degrees, those are very critical to degrees. Um, the difference between them is something at the very beginning, zero, would be something brand new and fresh. And while uh, 29 degrees, it's like, this is really old and it's time to let this go. But there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can still use with this. But it's time to let it go. And when it comes to the precession of the equinoxes, which is what we're talking about here from the shift from Pisces to Aquarius, because it's going backwards other than forwards, that we're actually at 29 degrees Pisces. And so that's something very critical. And I think that's what we're discovering is the new God of science, mm. right? So we're about to, Aquarius can be <laughs> about science and the future and collectivism and all these amazing, cool technologies. But it's also when it comes to Pisces, we're just really still dealing with like it's our God um, and it's going to take us a, 
quite a few years, probably a good uh, at least 200 for us to start moving away from the science is our new God and going, oh, science is not a God. It's just a tool that we use to evolve. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like aliens are the new God. I feel like there's a big push for aliens to be the new God. I'm not, I know a lot of people will say science and the way science works in, in kind of uh, in academia and everything, but science seems to be more or less pushed by uh, the Vatican and Catholicism and stuff like that. So what, what, what do you think about aliens as a representation of the new God of maybe living with them or uh, going to war with them. Like the government would have us think <laughs> specify aliens too. What do you mean? Like directly with that? Do you, it, what are you referencing? From, like, huh? From another planet. Okay. Uh, outer planetary beings. Well, so I have a yearly ritual that I go do at Mount Adams and I go check out the lights on there. Now, if anybody ever ever heard of Mount Adams as a place to see UFOs, it's probably because of the Yeseti Ranch ran by James Gillian. Um, great guy. Uh, not quite my cup of tea. I wanted to actually go out there and experience it myself. So every year I go camp on the mountain and I see some of the weirdest shit. Uh, and I've been in the most strangest mm-hmm. environments. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a massive lightning storm, unlike anything out here. And I was camping on the mountain at that time, playing with the, the with the laser pointer and the, the extraterrestrials. But um, I digress. So, you know, on one level, I, I all throughout history we've seen these symbolisms of gods already that are otherworldly that have advanced abilities. I mean, think about the pyramids. Think about. Um, the the buildings in Mexico, um, the, these things are really difficult to make as it is today with our technology, let alone uh, several thousand years ago. Like It's just inconceivable to really think that uh, a civilization who didn't have the same kinds of precision technology and lasers and things like that could make something so precise. So there has to be some sort of life force, uh, whether that's actually tangible in the physical form or something in a non-physical form to be able to benefit these old societies to create new structures that were previously unaccessible for that time period. So, you know, here we are, we're in 2021 and yeah, there's all this push from the government, but it's not really anything new. It's like history just kind of repeats itself Mm -hmm. regurgitating it. Um, I don't see the, the the kind of like why are we talking about um, you know are they real are they not real like it's it we they are real and they don't really want anything to do with us at our stage of evolution because think about this if we can't even get along with each other why the fuck would an alien want to like show up here and be like hey start getting along with us I mean I wouldn't right right well wh- why would they want to prolong death by uh, you know just making us suffer. Uh, yeah. that's another thing, you know, that kind of gets me about how they say, uh, the government is like reptiles or something. It's like, if they wanted to destroy us, they could have done it a long time ago, a lot easier exactly. than, than using a, a disease or something to do it or this COVID bullshit. Uh, so, and you say you, you do astrology and you're an ast- astrologer, right? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever look through like a telescope or anything? 
No, I live in a city, so it makes it very difficult to see much of anything. But I do like okay. to, when I get out into the woods like this, I do try to observe the sky as best as I can. Okay. Do you subscribe to Flat Earth or anything? Hmm. <laughs> we were actually just talking about that. And um, so I investigated that. And for a little bit, I kind of was questioning it. But because I view the sky and I see a living sky, meaning that planets can appear brighter and dimmer and closer and further based upon the position of us between the sun and the motion of that planet. And at the very least, what I can say is the universe could be revolving around us, but the theories that they talk about flat earth is not at all how I experience the sky and how I actually see it as a living fact. Now, there's some anomalies, of course, mm -hmm. within, uh, within um, flat Earth, like what is gravity? How come a, an airplane, a helicopter can remain in the same spot for hours when it just lifts up off the ground? Like these are odd things and sometimes hard to explain them. But like I said, mm -hmm. when it, then you have to try to expand about what you can see in the universe and sometimes just use your own senses. And I think that's what really boils down to is that a lot of the industries and this, the governments that exist are trying to take us away from our senses that we're just getting so confused. We don't even know what truth is anymore. So we have to learn to connect with our senses, go outside and feel the earth and look at the sky and see the magnificence of it. And I think you'll start to get, get a clue that there is something much bigger happening, that there's so little that we know. And no matter how much we try to aim for it, the further away we get from knowing. So we just kind of have to have direct experiences and just say, this is my truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truth is relative. I just wanted to say real quick, just while it was on my mind, it's, uh, it's going to completely beat off that. We're not going to beat it off. It's all right. That's strange. But uh, <clears throat> so these, uh, you know, reptilian overlords of ours, right? Um, yeah. What are things that reptil reptilians like? Shade, right? So why oh, I thought they like sun. They do like sun, but they also like shade. Damn it. <laughs> why is Bogey trying to block out the sun, though? You know what I mean? Because he's trying to get okay. back to that, that reptilian fucking... Uh. Uh, way of being uh that was all i had it wasn't anything cool by any means um <laughs> uh any more questions for this beautiful man uh yeah i'm fascinated with astrology and stuff like that and and you know how it works and uh because of the north star and how everything rotates seemingly seems to rotate around the north star it's very interesting that you know we're in it almost seems like we're in a bubble so my my truth of it would be that I think that the galaxy itself is spherical and that there's multiple spherical galaxies that exist and we are living in one of them. And uh, it's it's kind of like uh, as above, so below with like uh, atoms, you know, and solar systems that it, it just replicates from the nano to the galactic scale. And so if you think of it that way, then our galaxy also would have to be a, a globe. Yeah. I, and, I think you nailed and, it. Really uh, the, and the firmament firmament that they talk about could possibly be the cell wall of the planet earth. And, and that maybe 
we can't escape that or maybe we can get through that but we don't know how yet or something to that effect it seems like all planets are like unfertilized eggs waiting to be fertilized for civilization which comes into like panspermia or directed panspermia well if we were ever what are your thoughts on that well if we were ever uh created by an extraterrestrial force um and given that they watch over us quite regularly, you know, if I, if I was a parent and I gave birth to an infant, infantile child and I noticed that it was just a really bad, you know, it, it just got into trouble all the time. It just made bad mistakes. Of course, I'm going to try to put some barriers around it. So until it matures, then I'm not going to let it go out in the wild and go mess things up if I'm a good parent. Now, that's assuming yeah. that, again we have been genetically modified and secondly that they have our best interest in mind which we don't know um mm-hmm. you know well, when we, we feel we, well yeah we can feel that there's something definitely trying to watch over us and is it malefic is it benefic i don't know um is it even one i don't know but you know this this high, whole idea about the earth being encased by this shadowy force it's not the first time i haven't heard of that um the questions are, is the moon is the moon landing is real i yeah. don't know these photos that they're get, that nasa is getting from some of these planets are they real i don't know um but i can tell you that because i am a human and i don't have the money to invest in a spacecraft i am not going to necessarily believe everything you tell me nasa or mm-hmm. any kind of government agency because i like i said i have my direct experience of things and that's what matters most to me yeah. Excellent. And what else? What else that uh, Roman say you do? You do like uh, body tuning. Well, I've I do um, craniosacral therapy, and that's a really fascinating oh, okay. kind of body work. Yeah. Um, that I, explain. Ex, what's that? Explain what that is. Explain what that is. Craniosacral therapy is. Um, it, there's this life force that exists within us that moves and they actually have this video of these single cell organisms that follow the same track of this kind of breath, if you will. Um, but just to talk about craniosacral here for a second, the term craniosacral means cranium and sacrum. And that's basically the rough idea of what this technique is. But on a deeper level, what it is, is it's listening to to motions and energies happening within the body that are really, really subtle. And this tide is a breath at the same time. So sometimes I like going out to the ocean and really listening and feeling how the tides pull me out. Like if you, I don't know if you've ever tried it, but walking along the beach, have you ever done that and feeling what happens there? Sinking under? No, I can't th- say that I have. Try it sometimes. It's pretty fascinating. Just keep walking. And in fact, I honestly had a small dose of acid when I did this, but it really accentuated this whole thing. <laughs> so as the tide's coming in, because the sand is so soft, it kind of pushes me closer to the mainland. And then as it's coming out, it starts mm-hmm. taking me away. And so I was walking on the beach and I could feel the motion of the ocean. And as I was doing mm-hmm. that, knowing my cranial um, experience... I was able to extract this whole idea as these tides that happen in our body, which are very similar to how the tide comes in and then it recedes and it comes back in, ebbs and flows. And so this is what happens in our body. Um, You can't really feel it unless if you would sit in meditation and do these kinds of things and really feel into it and know what you're looking for. 
which it wouldn't be too hard um, as long as somebody can direct you to feel that. Um, so these tides happen in our body. And whenever we have a disease or a trauma, um, which can be physical or it can be mental, um, our body starts to contract. All of the tissues uh, cellularly um, begin to start shrinking in because it's protecting itself. You know, like if you ever kind of like recoiled from this large, uh, loud sound or something like that, that's kind of what our bodies do uh, unconsciously too. So whether it's a physical trauma or emotional trauma, that's going to happen. So once we have these restrictions, these tides become compromised and then our health becomes diminished. Mm. As a craniosacral practitioner, what you listen for is these inhibitions, these restrictions within the body. And you gently just listen and you guide it and you move with the tides. You don't try to force anything like other body works, massage therapy, you kind of go right in there and you get right to the, the deep spot and, oh, that feels so good. This thing is super subtle and it takes a while because it works on the deepest layers and the deep, even our bones have a malleability to them. They're very, it's made up of only 30%, 37% bones. I think, the, oh, excuse me, it's 37% water is in our bones and the rest is the 65, mm -hmm. which ironically is actually the same percentage of the earth. That, wow. uh, hmm. that, uh, interesting, huh? That these tides begin to calcify in our bones. And then so disease can start all the way to the bones and the bone marrow. And so the whole idea as a, a craniosacral practitioner is to free that up. And I could go on about it with the tides of the moon and how fascinating that is, but that's a whole other story. And what is it that you do to free that up? Like, is it like a, what, what are you doing physically or, or spiritually to, to help that along? So as the movement's happening, you can, I, as a practitioner, can feel where it's being pulled to and where it's being pulled from. And when I'm listening... Like in my, on my head? On your head, in your arm, in your toe, anywhere. They use craniosacral oh, okay. as kind of a baseline. I, I, I don't know what else to call it. No one out really knows what else to call it, but that's really what okay. it's down to. So you can feel this tide, and as it pulls in a particular direction it will have the same resistance coming back and it's slower. And so as a practitioner, mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to listen to where that pull is going to and coming from and try to gently coerce it to just relax and just stop, stop moving. And then and you do that with your hands. Yes. And there's okay. something about this, this instinctualness of my hands and your body where it doesn't happen every single time I ask it to because your body has its own natural healing time and rhythm. But if it's ready to mm -hmm. let go with that, like, oh my God, somebody's actually listening to me, that gives it the opportunity to relax and heal. Because all so you're that, creating light. Yeah. You're creating the pathways, you're, you're making the pathways in the body able to flow at, properly. Yes. Rather than being clogged or, or you know, blocked. Yes. Um, our Excellent. bodies know how to heal naturally. And yeah. all we have to do is just get out of the way. And sometimes we don't know how to get away out of the way enough ourselves. That's why we go to see other people to help us because we can't do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
So you go see yeah. a practitioner, let it go. Yeah, I find that fascinating because I was at the chiro or not the chiropractor. I was at the acupuncturist today, and uh, you know they stick those needles into your body, and they can feel they can feel like those blockages or clogs or uh, compression there, and they can feel it when they put it in, and they know when they hit it even, and you get this little tingling and this burn sensation, but it kind it's kind of like a good feeling at the same time as it is bad. But basically what he was telling me too is is everything in your body is connected to each other. And by putting these needles in it, it allows it to flow better. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar. And then if you think about that along with the earth and, you know, it's electromagnetic field and how it flows. And then you're saying how we have the same amount of water in our bones as is on the earth. It's like, it's like we're all connected and part of one system. We're not really that different everything is pretty much the same yes yeah. that's, that's like the beauty of of nature you know and we are part of nature and as we stray away from nature that's when we get into these problems of clogs and buildups and emotional fatigue and you know money and all these other systems that are put onto us by governments and by just our way of living in this day and age and eating eating is another one of those big ones we're, we're not eating healthy like the way we're supposed to like nature intended us to and as we get back towards nature we can start experiencing more health and I, the fact that a bunch of people decided this last year to pack up their shit and go out to the woods and go live in the earth you know go live with the earth and grow their own plants and everything is is also a beautiful thing oh yeah i think i think it's funny there's yeah. obviously yeah there's obviously a move for people to do this there's something instinctually that people are feeling like you know what we need to get back to nature again and uh so yeah yeah there's this meme running around the internet where Back in the day, we thought that living down by the river in a van was a bad it was a bad thing. Now it's not so much. It's desirable now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally is though. But you know, it goes with with everything you're saying too. I mean, and the fact that you understand astrology and you understand the body, I'm sure you can pull a lot of similarities out of that. Also, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the, well, when it comes to particularly craniosacral, it's very much related to the tides. Well, I mean, if you think about the tides of the ocean, they're caused by the moon. And the moon is also related to our bodies and it pulls on the, the water. Yeah. We have that. So the, between the moon and craniosacral and, and the tides of the ocean, it, it's all interconnected. So, so let me ask you this then. Is there a certain time that's better to, to do this uh, type of healing? uh because of the forces of the moon too like is it easier to operate when there's a full moon do you have you ever tried that or experimented with that no actually i don't know but you know given that i have some sort of a pagan roots and tradition that you know the full moon and of course the new moon at the same time um has heightened 
power and capacity, I wouldn't discredit any kind of stronger healing potential with a full moon or a new moon. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Makes you think, huh? <laughs> I never stop thinking. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, dude. I'm the same way. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, tell us your name again and uh, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, so I am James Pesta. You can find me at uh, either www.seethesoulastrology.com. That's my astrology site. I also have um, some WordPress uh, WordPress site that I'm kind of playing around with. It's called doublevisionweb.tech slash WordPress. And uh, so I'm just kind of a jack of all trades and a master of a few. And that's kind of my stick right there. Awesome, man. And do you live up there in Oregon too or are you just uh, in town for the manifest i'm just in town from the manifest um i'm from seattle washington and i am part of the squatch fest crew i don't know if you've uh, oh shit yeah all right well we gotta talk about that sometime too because i've been wanting to get into some bigfoot stuff on here sure uh yeah oh man yeah take down roman's information we're gonna we're gonna talk right we'll, we'll have you on for a for a full episode man that sounds sure. good i really appreciate the time it was great talking with you and sharing some wisdom <laughs> yeah it's awesome man awesome i love it i love hearing new stuff too i've never heard of cranial sacral uh healing so that's that's fascinating to me i'll let you know how it goes hopefully oh all right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that's dope. James Pesta for the absolute win. What a blessing and amazing human. <laughs> Excellent, man. Um, so uh what do you uh what do you what do you want to do after that? Do you wanna do your um do you wanna do do the Baki things? We're going Bach with it. Uh yeah, did you have something? Did you have like fluoride or something? Or I was gonna uh, were do, you gonna do some of no, that stuff? Or? That was it. That was it. That was it? That was, was, was your thing? Yes. Thank you for doing my thing. Hand, <laughs> handing the microphone over. Yes. Hey, man, you know, come on. You know how much I like to have all my tabs open and read all the shit. I, like, I, you know, personally, I, I would like you to go find a couple more people that we could just talk to for a half hour Dean. or so. And we can just do a whole, hey, hey, we can just do a whole uh, fucking fireball episode right now of uh, just all the people there. Just 15, 20 minutes each. And then we'll put that out as a separate thing. Absolutely. Um, uh, dope as shit. Um, let me see. 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 Hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, we might get Dean over here from Up Is Down podcast. Looks like he might be oh, wandering excellent. this way. That'd be great, yeah. man. Would you like to speak with that human? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, get it, getting in on it too, Roman. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, shit. I wish we had two mics here, bro, and two pairs of headphones. We'd be doing it legit. You do? Yeah, for sure. Oh, shit. Okay, I guess uh, James has got a mic. He might bring a mic over. Oh, well, there we go, man. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great out here. There's lots of people with their dogs, um, which is really helpful and nice. Uh, it's like, I don't know, like at least one in every four. Oh, snaps. Uh, hello. Hi. Oh, snaps. Uh, 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 James was going to go grab one. Uh, you can use this one, though, if you like. <laughs> uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Done for the day. This is six. It's almost seven o'clock. I'm ready just to fucking almost pass out already. Yeah, straight up. Um. So, uh, uh, what is your last name, sir? If you or do you have a? Is it? Uh, do you have a name that you'd like to go for? Mr. Dean Reiner from the Up Is Down podcast. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Um. Shit, man. Like we just been out here. Like I didn't know what to expect. Did you know what to expect coming out here? You heard about this? You've been yeah, to things like this? Yeah, I expected a bunch of dirty hippies, dirt foot stinkers. Yeah. And that's exactly what we got. Yeah. Hello, hippies. It's cool, though. <laughs> um, here, I'm going to hand you the microphone and uh, you talk to my boy. All right, yeah. I guess I'm going to sit. I'll sit with you. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? Good. Can you hear me? How you okay? doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are yeah, you? Yeah. I'm I'm good, dude. I'm good. Fuck yeah! It's nice to uh, nice to see what you actually look like. I hear your voice all the time, but this is uh, my beautiful nice face, <laughs> my God given face. <laughs> Excellent, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Where you at? Uh, so I'm in California, bro. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always says that. I mean, I get it. I get it. I do. <laughs> It's, it's, all, really, it's, it's all fun, it's sun, no worse. fun and sun. It's no worse than Oregon, man. Oregon's a shit show. Oh God, the whole West Coast is on fire. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I was up there, but you know what's up there that we don't have here in California is fucking trees for days, like forests. You know, I mean, there's forests and shit, but not you don't drive through them really. Well, yeah. in the north, northern California, you do, but where I'm in at here in central california you know it's it's totally different environment and the air there the air is so clean yeah it's nice man we're actually in the middle of kind of a oh this looks to me like an oak forest it's all yeah it looks like you guys are just camped out yeah (laughs) there's i mean all like there's a few pine trees but it's mostly oak there's a, a handful of cedars kind of peppered out through the place but it's it's mostly oak trees it's really cool man it's pretty powerful it's nice it's awesome. There seems to be a lot of podcasters around uh, at this conference thing, huh? I have that same mic. Yeah. Oh, and there's a few of us for sure, man. There's myself, Roman, there's uh, Scott and the Truthzilla crew around here. There's another gentleman named Patrick. He just started a show called um, Winston's Diary. He's here. Oh, um, I, not met that all right. Yeah, I haven't lasted him up yet. I keep talking about it, but he's camped back over there. He's a super nice guy. I um, think I was listening yeah, to Deborah gets really red, cool, man. red really pilled. Cool. I think Scott actually is going to be doing a live show from here tomorrow night for Truthzilla, so that should be kind of cool. I'm going to be oh, gone by then because awesome. I got I got other things to do. Unfortunately, I was going to take off earlier today, but I decided to stick around because uh, I was talking with your boy for a while and um, realized I needed a burger like stat. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and got some food and uh, I kind of had did a little bit of a recharge. I decided to kick it for another night. Oh, excellent, man! Yeah, yeah. Uh, how's the vibe out there? People like seeming to uh, all click together and get along, and definitely, happy yeah. and definitely. There's no, yeah. there's no snoots, man. And unfortunately, last night there was not even a party camp. Like no party camp. What? It's kind of a drag. Uh, but that's going to change tonight. I think there's a lot more. I think we're pretty much doubled our our amount of people from yesterday to today. Oh, excellent! Decline that shit. Uh, but yeah, everyone seems to be getting along really well, really nice, really kind, patient, you know? 
It's been it's been cool as hell. Yeah. Lots of dogs. Even the dogs are getting along. I saw your dog today doing some fucked up shit. What? To another dog. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, he was being, I was proud of him, but I was like, you got to stop, man. That was like uncalled for. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll tell you. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> wow. so your dog was kind of sniffing around this other little dog who I believe is also a male. And they were just kind of playing around and having fun. Me and Patrick were talking and I looked over and your dog <laughs> was really enjoying a, a pretty prolonged blowjob from this other little dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the little dog was stoked, like happy as hell to do it. It was like, I felt bad breaking it up. And I was proud of your pup, dude. But I was like, dude, okay. I give Zuchi a handful of consent. I have no qualms, all right? Receiving, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. He, yeah. he, he already consented, so. <laughs> it was hardcore, man. I was like, Wow. Even I can't pull that off in public. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, anyway. so, Dean, you're up there in Oregon now, huh? You uh, you changed locations though. You moved out towards a more. Uh, yeah, I just I moved less, about about twenty minutes part to, of the world. Twenty minutes south of where we are here. So we're outside oh, of Malala, so really and I'm like I'm about twenty minutes south of Malala. Which is pretty cool. It's oh, pretty nice. So I'm just down the road. There's some folks that just showed up that drove for like seven or eight hours, which is pretty cool. And yeah. I drove for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good, man. We got out of the city. I recommend that for anyone that can. I it's you know it's tragic that that most people can't just up and split and change their location. I got mm-hmm. extremely lucky, and it's not a day that goes by that I don't recognize that with gratitude. That how absolutely lucky and providential the decisions were that ended me up where i am so and it's, it wasn't yeah. just me all alone it was it was me um, basically burning everything i had behind me and allowing no chance of return and putting all my trust in a uh, human relationship that is unpredictable mm-hmm. and could end could you know could end up in absolute chaos but i can't live in that kind of fear so we decided to um just scorched earth policy and fuck it and uh buy a house and move in together and it's been working out like better than i could ever imagine yeah yeah so it has that's been good for you emotionally then too huh absolutely man absolutely and then as soon as we got the place i quit my job <laughs> so i have no income <laughs> it's great <laughs> for now i mean the whole yeah, thing could yeah. collapse any minute <laughs> i'm good with that like I have, so, I have, uh, I just don't have any fear about having to be in a situation that I'm like living with, with compounded regret, you know, like that whole compounded yeah. regret thing has just been absent from my life for quite a while now, which is really cool. Cause even when I was gainfully employed with a tiny little union federal job and I had this sweet apartment with plenty of room and it was more than reasonable on the monthly rent and, uh, you know, I had great relationship with my kid's mom and everything was kind of going smooth, but. I mean, I was working like 60 hours a week and I had compounded regret every single day that I had made, that I had formed myself into that life where I couldn't do anything crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't really allow myself through some sort of fear and through some sort of anxiety about lacking that I couldn't allow myself the chaos of change until it was just inevitable that I either have to completely shake things up or, um, or, you know, or 
stay in a completely isolated little box. And then I wanted to shake things up because I wanted to grow and felt like it was time. So since you've done that, do you have any uh, like words of advice for people that are thinking about also jumping off and making that same decision, but don't know where to start or how to begin to like start to try to live in a more harmonious way? Um, I would say take a good look at yourself and try to identify the things that you know are 100% valuable to other people. You know, like whether it's something you can make with your hands or what you can add to an organization, even a group, which I detest groups, but it's inevitable that we're going to be a part of groups no matter what. Just look at what you have to offer as an individual that is not necessarily so unique, bro, but like that's just really valuable, you know, Mm -hmm. and recognize yourself as a divine creature who is capable of change and art and try to make what you can try to make something and try to try to figure out what you can provide that's valuable to other people. And then once you figure that out, try to find some more. And if you can lock down two or three things that you can create or make or that you possess that are valuable, that are innate within you, that you can take anywhere, try to figure out ways you can plug that value into a situation with other people or a situation where you can generate some income that's preferably cash or uh, trade something that is decentralized. There's that. And then also try to make friends with people who have some sort of uh, perception and some sort of ability and and knack with real estate. Look around for real (laughs) estate, try to find little spots of land, try to find um, places where you could maybe adapt to live in, places that aren't going to be ideal at first, and, and figure out how you can maybe downsize and declutter the things in your life that are holding you back so that you can maybe fit into a smaller a smaller box, a smaller container, perhaps something that's even maybe mobile or something that's even so far away where you don't know anywhere, you don't know anyone, you don't know what you're going to do, but just trusting in your divine source that's going to lead you where you need to go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good words of wisdom there, man. But yeah, I think primarily Um, recognize yourself as an artist, recognize that every one of us have a have a, a creative ability to generate value just through our existence and then find a way honestly to, to capitalize that and, and commodify that in a way that's positive for you and positive for other people. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, so one of the things that when I was first starting in my podcast, the, the podcast that we're doing, you know, I was kind of going over names of what to call it and everything. And one of them was symptoms of the universe like the uh ozzy osbourne or black sabbath song beautiful yeah and uh i was kind of that kind of always rang with me like you know i i kind of don't get too far out into the weeds with the reptilian shit and like everybody's trying to come after us type shit i kind of think that maybe some things are just symptoms of the universe and these things like you know they they read astrology we just talked to the astrology guy a second ago and it's like when people read astrology, they say we can see all these things coming from the stars. The stars are telling us, you know, everything that's going to happen in the future. And by reading into that, we can know. And some of, and you see them, um, you see people talk about how they manipulate or they do these ritual sacrifices or, you know, the Twin Towers was a ritual sacrifice to bring in this new age. And, 
all these dates that occur that coincide to certain astrological things going on. And, you know, they say millionaires aren't astrologists, billionaires are. And and it kind of seems to me that sometimes maybe it just has to do with astrology and they are trying to use the energy that's coming from that to manipulate what they, what they want rather than like they're the ones constructing or creating everything. You know what I mean? I do know what uh, you mean. And that's I, magic. I've, I've, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, they're, they're, they're using the magic and in, into their favor by creating these situations rather than they're just creating situations and then using them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, do. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to quite explain it. And it's really com- because sometimes I kind of uh, I get a little hit- hypocrit- hip- hypocritical of myself, even because sometimes I'm like, "Oh yeah, these motherfuckers," and then sometimes I'm like, "Ah, maybe, maybe it's not so much like that." You know, maybe uh, I try to have like a different perspective, I guess, sometimes, and and try to see a different logical explanation, and 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 sometimes it's hard, and sometimes you can, but you know. Uh, I, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think like they're just out there trying to fuck with us all the time? Or do you think it's just, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing half the time. It's, it's really, cause you work for the government. You can understand. It's like, they really don't have a fucking clue sometimes what the fuck they're doing. Well, I think, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think, I think working inside of a government, it offers a really good perspective as to the hyper compartmentalization of structures of governments like that where it's hyper compartmentalized in the way that I was saying this earlier to you, I think we're like, you know, the the saying is left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, but I think it's gotten to a point that the left hand doesn't even know that there's a right hand. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that the left hand is just doing what it's doing and the right hand is doing what it's doing. And there's absolutely no communication whatsoever. And I think a lot of these people, these governors that we have and the politicians, even the Bidens and shit and the Harris's out there, they are simply being played and pawned out by other forces that we will, we won't ever know, but we, we know in instinctually what it is. We know that it's unfathomably big and unfathomably powerful but I also believe that some of us know that it is formless and boundless, that it is, it is a, it is a force. It's a force. And I think that force is omnipresent. I think it's a, I think it's ether. And I think it's a, it's been a weaponized etherical force that a very select group of bloodlined people have access to and can manipulate through ritual to change the laws of nature. And I think that uh, us out here on the terrestrial plane are really just human resources to enact that change. I think the bigger players want to take down the entire cosmos, the entire cosmos, not just the human race or white men, but the entire planet and everything in it and the planets beyond Mm. this planet. I think that there's another sun behind the sun and that they're trying to basically shut down the sun so that the black sun can be the ruling force, which is the feminine, which is absolutely wicked and bloodthirsty and has no cause or concern for anything in the third dimension and wants to wipe it all out. And I think there are a lot of powerful people that know about this and have been trying to push this along for thousands of years. And I think we're kind of in the the last uh, dying throes of a living organism that is on its way out. 
And we're down here on earth saying, don't fucking kick me out of my house. But I think it's inevitable. I think they're going to get to every single one of us. It's just a matter of time. Some of us have a lot more time than others. Some of us aren't racing to the front of the line. I think it's, it's, it gets really convoluted for me sometimes because sometimes I feel like the, the nature path, the natural path is the right path. Right. And it seems like God is supposed to be this natural path and Satan is the materialistic path and uh, with power and possessions and, you know, not giving a shit about human life. But that's completely on itself too. And, and, and so when I look at history and stuff though, I, I see like this natural thing going on and, and there seems to be like a, a battle between the natural and the and the materialistic and it seems like everything's flipped too so then it gets even more convoluted and confusing because you don't know which one is actually the good one and which one's really the bad one because you could see christianity as good some people do some people could see christianity as an evil force and a negative energy and i would agree with that too I mean, and then you look at the Vatican and they have a big snake head, like fucking. Well, let's uh, not confuse Catholic, the Catholic church with Christianity because they're different. They're different. They're different sides of the same coin. You know, the, the, the Catholic, the Catholicism has, is an inversion. It is inverted Christianity and it masquerades as total Christianity because it's under the same Abrahamic monotheism. Um, and so uh, they sell you Christianity, but the working arm behind that puppet is Catholicism. And Catholicism is fucking wicked, evil, Jesuit, evil shit. That's what I've always believed. I believe that Christianity it's was just been just inverted. Like a, a leg off of it just to, yeah, mm-hmm. to kind of basically use on America for the main part, but Throw the- part of Europe too. But I mean, like, but it's Mike. It's main. Oh shit! Sorry. No, I thought I thought you could hear me from over there. I just said I agree. I've I've always kind of just felt that Christianity was like this kind of like fake new religion that just didn't really have any gumph to it. And something about the like, I mean, the mainly the 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 uh, the Calvary, the, the church, the Catholics. Yeah, that they've always fucking basically ran everything. I just felt that my my thing from a from a young age. And uh, fuck them. <laughs> Quite, quite honestly. Well, yeah. yeah I see, mean, it, it's just, it's confusing though, because they, they, they have the same belief system, really, don't they? Yeah, it's they're, they're basically um, the same. More, you know, I don't know. And I don't want to pretend to be a scholar of it, but from what I can tell, there's, there's, there's different applications of it. Whereas just, I think in the matter of, of like, tithings, you know, so there's the tithings, like, um, uh, the Catholic church demands money and they basically, they're selling you this idea that if Mm -hmm. you were to donate your tithings, you pay your tithings to the church, that's going to secure you a place in the afterlife, you know? And I think Christians kind of do Christian churches would do the same thing because that's sort of been the modus operandi for how these churches finance themselves, blah, 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 blah. Um, But I think that that's, I think that's totally corrupt. I think that's a totally corrupt thing to do to make people pay for a certain level of salvation. You know, 
you're 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 uh, rendering unto Caesar, as Vin Armani would say, that which is Caesar's. Well, you're you're. Paying. I, I would say. I would say it's voluntary, though. It, it it is. It's voluntary, but you try to do that voluntary choice when you've been. I mean, if psychologically it, almost put in a in a in a point. Yeah, if you're voluntarily going to church, and you're voluntarily going to your community church gathering, and you're voluntarily. Uh, engaging in this ritual practice of mass and, and, uh, and, and confession or whatever, but yet you choose not to pay tithing, you know, that's going to wear on an individual who's already, uh, um, subservient to the faith, you know, Mm -hmm. if they do all these things voluntarily, but that one thing, that one thing that's going to make them feel about themselves. And even if they didn't feel about themselves, the priest would know and your neighboring congregants would also know that you passed the bucket and you never dipped in, you never contributed. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to wear on you psychologically and as an individual, mm-hmm. you will eventually at some point become pariah in your own congregation. And everyone will know that, yes, you may be a devout follower, but you're also a fucking cheapskate. It's like they're passing, you know? Yeah. It's uh, out front of Walmart every mm-hmm. day. And you, yeah. you never buy the candy from the kid out front, you know, every day. And you just yeah. like, looks at you and you're just like, one day you're just like giving your entire fucking wallet and you start bawling on the street, yeah. you know, just <laughs> compl- <laughs> contemplating your life. Uh, psychological yeah. shit. Man. Uh, I'd like to take this time to remind people to donate to the podcast. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, for sure. Salvation. <laughs> uh, no, value for value. Though, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe that's what they're paying for. You know, I mean, but it, at the same time, that's the message. Like you like this, yeah. this safety and this security of having this faith and this faith will protect you and bring you into this promised land. And we are all here for you. We're all in this together. Um, and you know, you, you chip in, you chip into it. But see, what I'm saying is the Christians and the Catholics alike and the Protestants and all those types of people, they all do the same thing. You know, they, it's, uh, they all demonize the same stuff. They're all demonizing yoga. They're all demonizing Buddha. They're all demonizing natural ways of medicine, holistic medicine. Yeah. Isn't that funny that they don't that demonize this, tax collection which is what a tithing yeah. is <laughs> and, and which is what jesus like inevitably got crucified for yeah, right yeah. isn't that ironic flipping over the change trays that were that they had in the temples yeah so it's like so it's very it's very see, that's what i mean it's convoluted it's so like i it's don't inverted and in one way it's good to like, you know, have this belief and to be a good person. But at the same time, I feel like putting your energy into an entity or into a God being or into this is, is not good. I think that's evil. That is a very left hand path type of perspective as in like a left hand path, right hand path, left hand path is, a lot of um, self-proclaimed Luciferian, which is not to be confused with Satan, although there is quite a bit of it, but the left-hand path basically is to reject all of your um, allegiance to any other God outside of the God of yourself and to basically graduate yourself into your own uh, supreme sovereign God, that you are the own master of your own creation and that there is no one else beneath you or above you that you are actually a competitor in the God field 
And that also requires you to um, reject all forms of allegiance to any sort of society or hierarchy. And, and while that, yeah, well, that sounds attractive to me as hell. Uh, and I love that. And, um, but I also know that there's a lot of left-hand path uh, practices and practitioners who work in exclusively dark, malevolent magic, and they want to bring down the cosmos. Like they want to destroy not just the right-hand path, but all paths and even themselves. Um, and it's a, it's a very uh, Thelemic do as thou wilt kind of thing, which is, it's, it's, it's touchy to me. It's touchy. Cause I think that people should do as thou wilt. Um, but then there's a certain yeah. line that's like, what is, what is profane? You know, at what point is doing what thou wilt profane and damaging, you know, to other yeah, people? Yeah. There's, there's so many of these thin lines though. You know what I mean? Like I, I've been a metalhead for, since I was like 13 years old. And so I grew up with like, you know, upside down crosses and bands that talked about Satan and everything. And, and nobody, nobody really took it seriously. Nobody was like, right. oh, I must worship I Satan I now. I almost getting to that point in seventh grade where I was fucking about, <laughs> I was about to set some shit on butterflies and bunnies and fucking start pouring their blood all over my fucking face. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, rock and roll. Cause that's where I was at in seventh grade. Bro. And then you discovered black metal <laughs> changed everything. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is you see like these, uh, evil symbolisms, you see like, uh, but those symbolisms too, Mol- dude. Moloch. Those symbolisms, those symbols have also been subverted. I don't. I, I know. I don't that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. That's yeah what I'm saying. It's so convoluted. It's so interesting. All these things. They're like, it can be so demonized, but at the same time, it can be so uh, not. It's enriching. It's so, like, yeah. So when when I see a, that, I, I it makes me ask the question. When you finally realize that the upside down cross is actually the cross of uh, Saint Peter, who refused to be crucified in the likeness of Christ Himself, he re- he he's demanded yeah. to be on an upside down cross because he could never reach the type of benevolence of his of his you know his Christ. So that's one thing. And then of course you have the pentagram, which is not an evil symbol, yeah. but has been subverted and inverted as a as an evil symbol. Same thing as uh, the swastika, which is never an evil yeah. symbol, but it's been subverted. Then you have the other kind yeah. of runes. Um, that have been subverted. And it makes me ask the question, like, why? Why is it so important to subvert these symbols and call these things right. negative or, you know, or demonic? It's because they don't want you to have any sort of connection with earthly and and uh, and any kind of earthly divine power that's outside of the Catholic fucking church because they want your money. They don't want your soul. <laughs> they want your fucking money. And then when they're done with your money, then they'll take your soul. Or maybe it's the other way see, around. I, maybe they first want your soul and your submission, and then they'll come and take your money. But they see, already I own knew, money uh, anyway. I knew as a guy who has a, a show called The Up Is Down <laughs> would know all about this. This is why I <laughs> wanted to bring this up, because I, I rack my brain around trying to figure these things out all the time, because at, in some aspects, I'm like, oh, this is evil. And then I'm like, but no, it's it's really not. And then I look at some things that are good and I'm like, oh, this is fucking fucked up. Like, how is this normalized? And then, you know, I just kind of and I'm trying to piece out like religion and ancient history and stuff. And um, I just get so confused about it, you know, because I don't know how, how to take it sometimes. 
Well, I want to say like the one thing to take it easy on yourself too, when it comes to that kind of shit, because the easy way to look at um, just what is right and wrong in, in situations is it's man-made things. So they have both intertwined in, in all of it. But what's not man-made right. that is always fucking tight is really good food. <laughs> air, water, nature, and that, which is just seemingly always good and always right. So like the more you yeah. connect with nature, the less you have to ask yourselves about these, you know, nefarious things. And, and it's just because we'll spend so much time on trying to figure it out that we'll go crazy. And I think that's why they hyper or hyper compartmentalize everything is to not only confuse all of the real sheep who are all of the, you know, the nurses and all that shit you know that fucking work in there it's hyper compartmentalized to keep everybody confused in that realm and then all busy work and then us on the outside of that but that's why the fringe people always get shut out because they fucking really love yeah. nature you know and, and so but that's why always right that's why i'm always talking to you about perspective though like perspective of what is evil and what is good because it perspective matters because when you look at things from a certain angle they can be completely different from the way other people see them if you look at them differently and 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 so i think a lot of things in history have also been convoluted by certain people because they don't understand the true meaning of it and then it gets demonized and and seen uh forsaken and made to be an evil even though it's a good uh so that I'm not trying to figure out for myself. I I understand myself and I'm content with what I believe already. What I'm trying to do is figure out how they it's been manipulated in history and why and who and and what is actually good and bad, you know, and what what are the right things to believe in and what are the wrong things to believe in. I'm trying to, I, I love that. And I'm trying to find, I'm just trying to find the source of that eternal fucking energy that had the, how to tap in, you know, and slowly chipping away at tapping into the ether, you know, that yeah, the, 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 the fucking, uh, the, yeah, just like, cause that's another thing too. I'm talking to some people I hear about is like, there is that ether. There is that, that transcendence, that ability to, you know, control, um, you know, thought patterns and tele, tele telepathically communicating stuff. And, um, and like, that's, that's like my main goal in life and is to, to be able to just basically hopefully evaporate someday into dust and just be like, yes, we fucking made it to the aether baby, <laughs> but not by like actually physically <laughs> dying by actually transcending and turning into dust and just disappearing. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, anti-cosmic yeah i don't know what this is please please tell us the anti-cosmic i don't know much about the anti-cosmic honestly but it's something that's been intriguing me and my lady and our studies at home is looking at um the particular group that's really been sidelined as fascists and they are but not entirely uh there is this group (laughs) called the order of the nine angles we ever heard of these guys okay yeah Order of the nine angles they're pretty hardcore um, they're hardcore dark magician practitioners of really, really brutal dark magic. They want a massive culling of the human race. 
they are very high up, very powerful people, very much embedded in different levels of government and authority throughout the world. Um, they're small, but they're very, very powerful. And they are, um, they believe in an, in an a-causal structure, which is anti-cosmic. They want to bring down not only the sun and the earth, but the entire cosmography going back through millennia, through, through the very notion of time back to a whole different source of no matter whatsoever absolute total pure chaos um, which is not which is not the kind of chaos that we understand as chaos as in like hectic and friction but formless boundless energy sounds attractive yeah. i know it sounds attractive but the only way to get to that point <laughs> says these guys is a massive culling of, oh. of human beings and but then there are also a lot of these guys are really really overt um honestly fascists yeah and, yeah, and are they techno into the transhumanist agenda as well? Absolutely. Oh, okay, well then I yeah. can't fucking do the evaporation thing anymore. Yeah. God damn you, Dean. So Sorry. Wh why why is it we always hear about these evil magicians? Where's where's all these good magis uh, magicians at? Like, where's all the ones doing yeah, good here. magic and here, helping they're people? They're here. They're you know where they are is they're in your like they're in your tarot rooms. They're in your they're your, your psychics, yeah. they're your seers, um, they're your spiritual practitioners, they're your medicine men. They're, they're those people. There's your shamans. There's you. That's you, dude. It's you. You are the good magician. You're, if your intention is one yeah. that you can fine-tune yeah. into positivity, all that you make and create and touch, breathe, see, feel, eat is all part of that good magic flow. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, like magic is just... Uh, changing aspects of reality through your own will and intention it's a scientific art yes. of, of manifesting changes in your in your reality and in the reality reality around you through your honed precise intention and consciousness and that's the exact same thing and some people are really good at doing and setting that. those intentions for good setting those intentions for good but of course your good is going to be someone else's bad it's it's a it's an ongoing yeah. thing it's an ongoing balance kind of act <laughs> See, up is down. So another, uh, we only have up a few bars of battery left, but another interesting yeah. inversion thing I that I want to bring up that's really fun is like, I, I love metal too, man. I grew up on metal like a motherfucker. And in the last 20 years, I've been really into like black metal and doom and grind and specifically like, cas like Cascadian, Cascadian black metal. And the Norwegian black okay. metal and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I play it not a lot at my house because that's nothing I can listen to all the time anymore. Um, but I play it and my girlfriend, Christy's like, oh, so angry. And I'm like, honey, honey, this music actually is really about love. And it's really about peace. And it's about ancestry and heritage and earth and ether. And it's about, it's about like finality and completion and cycles and it's all based in love it's not angry at all in fact these guys are happy as hell <laughs> yeah. but you can never like you don't understand it or hear yeah. that way because you because your ears have been trained to reject this kind of noise but when you actually train you listen to mm -hmm. it and you you develop a a quality in your i don't know i don't know if you it's not like a quality if you if you can if you can learn to grow an ear for it and actually bother to like read some of the lyrics that are indecipherable 
you know, you can't understand their unintelligible lyrics on upon hearing. But if you read them, you really you read that like all of it, not all of it, but a good portion of the black metal that's out there, and specifically the Cascadian type of black metal, is really love based, and it's all about transference of energy and completion and cycles and earth and 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 love and light and and relinquishing all the, the yeah, doubt man. and fear and pain and suffering into something more beautiful and harmonious and and she just doesn't understand that mm. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a great it's a, it's a great up is down thing